Leader for good. Let's talk mission, meaning and making a difference. Welcome to another episode of the Leader for Good podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. If you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we had an episode on this podcast where we talked about how to sleep better. And that's sleep is a very important topic for us, isn't it? Well, today I have something that's also very important to us, and that's an episode where we focus a lot on food. And I have the perfect person to have this conversation with, Vicky Cook. She's the author of the book Bliss, Raw Desserts and Seasonal Nourishment, which sounds super yummy. We talked about raw food and food in general. We also talked about the impact of seasons. Vicky is situated in Australia, so she's on a very different schedule than I am. And we compared notes on that. We also talked about body image and a lot of other issues that are associated with food. Before we jump in, I just wanted to offer the short disclaimer that this is just offered to you for entertainment purposes and obviously does not constitute medical advice of any type and you should always talk to your doctor or healthcare professional. With that out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. So Vicky, what's the difference you would most like to make in the world? The difference, I would love to, to see people, particularly women actually, I work with women, to, to really connect with their inner landscape and their, their essence and really be able to tune into what it is that they would like to do in the world and then to go out and do that and to be able to... It's kind of like tuning out all that noise that's around of what you should be doing and what yeah. your parents think you should be doing and culture and all that sort of stuff and really tuning into your own soul's guidance and then moving forward with that. Can you imagine a world where we're all doing that and we just know that then everyone else is, is tuning into their, their highest good and their, their message? I think we'd be in such a different world. Yeah long as there would still be some people willing to do you know the work others don't want to do but I think you know different people love different things and I'm sure there are people mm. who love doing accounting and you know exactly and so if, the, if that's what they're called to do then so if we, I think we've all got our own well we've all got our own gifts and mm -hmm. talents whatever that happens to be um, we're all here on this on this earth now for a reason so if we're all following our guidance and and living our purpose then we're all doing what we're meant to be doing yeah and I know that you're also doing a lot of work with nutrition I'm kind of curious how that ties into this well my my fascination I've had a fascination with um food for a very long time mm -hmm. um it initially started when I was dancing and I was told I had to lose weight and so took on that whole mentality of I'm fat I need to lose weight and mm -hmm. just to let you know I was not fat <laughs> and did not need to lose weight yeah but as a as a young girl you know your mm -hmm. teacher tells you you need to lose weight so you you 
do. You try things to try and lose weight. And so my relationship with food became very strained. And Mm -hmm. as a result, my relationship with myself became really tormented. And through my journey, I realized um, that it wasn't about weight loss. It was about health and vitality and being able to so my, my body is the vehicle that allows my soul to get around and experience life. So if my body is in top, brilliant condition, mm-hmm. then I'm going to have a much different experience than if it's not. Yeah. So I started looking into ways that I could really nourish my body. And through that, I was introduced to raw food. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a light bulb moment of... So raw food is food that is not cooked um, Mm -hmm. above 42 degrees. And it's full of uh, the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, but it's also full of a life force. And so we don't, whenever we eat, we're also eating the life force or lack of life force of the food that we eat. And so that's also nourishing us. And when, when you, or I found when you eat, um, a lot more raw foods, you have a lot more vitality. But through that journey, I realised that there was things that I would reach for at emotional times. Mm. I was like, well, what is it that that food is... My body's trying to tell me something through the food. And so, for example, when I was reaching for things like chocolate or sweets, I realised there was a lack of connection Mm -hmm. in my life, in an area of my life. Sometimes that was a lack of connection to myself. Sometimes that was a lack of connection to the divine or God, universe, whatever you want to call that entity. Um, (laughs) Salt is is trying to fortify yourself against change. Mm -hmm. So if you're reaching for salty things, you're you're struggling with going with the flow. So everything that you put on your plate, if you really start to take notice that it's turning up on your plate a lot, then there's something for it for you in that. And I started to then look further into the chocolate and salt and all that, um, uh, the bad foods. But <laughs> there were times when I was reaching for red capsicums or um, you might call them peppers, mm-hmm. but yeah. red capsicums were coming onto my plate every single day. I was starting to eat them like an apple. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, what's, what's the red capsicum all about? And so then looking at the colour of the capsicum, the shape of the capsicum, it's, it's hollow. So I was wanting to create space inside of me. Um, th- there's lots of seeds in the capsicum. So it's about creating space for the seeds or ideas to be able to then have space to grow. So there's a whole lot of things that you can learn about the food that you're actually reaching for. That's really interesting. Um, I, I'm definitely more of a person for salty stuff than sweet stuff. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. I mean, I also read somewhere that um, there's a connection um, to our very beginnings in terms of salty and sweet and uh, that sweet stuff is similar to mother's milk, you know, which apparently yep. also tastes sweet. And then salty stuff is what it may have been like in the womb for us that the... Mm-hmm environment may have been kind of like salty i don't remember where i read that but that i thought that was interesting in terms of um preferences we can have <laughs> in terms of food. yeah definitely so and um it also comes back to what was your your mother 
reaching for and what she was going through while she was pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. So um, was it quite a traumatic pregnancy for whatever reason? Was it a really smooth and easy pregnancy? And then also the birth side of things. So there's a whole lot of what I like to try and get across to people. It's not that you have a lack of willpower that yeah. you're reaching for the chocolate or the chips or the, the whatever it happens to be. The messages, and if you can work out and find out exactly what the message is for you at that particular point in time, and then go, oh, okay, this is about whatever. I need to nourish this area of my life. You'll find that your reaching for the chocolate or the chips reduces when you start to nourish the actual area that really needs to be nourished. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting when you shared the story of how you got to this place, you know, because there's so much that's tied in with food. I mean, it's, it's such an intense area of emotions and discomfort for people. There's like body image, there's mm-hmm. all this emotional attachment that we have to food. Uh, you know, like changing one's diet, uh, is such a drastic change. Um, I know when mm. I switched to a plant-based diet, um, like a completely plant-based diet, um, that was, yeah, there was a lot, um, that shifted and, mm. yeah. And for me, well, which, come, you know, yeah, no, go ahead. It come, also, you've, you've then got to, um, your interaction with your family, have they yeah. become eating plant-based if not and then around those traditional dishes at christmas time or easter or holidays if you're not if they were meat filled and you're now eating plant-based and they're still eating meat filled dishes what do they serve you how do you interact with them at these special holidays so there's a whole there's so much involved in this Yeah. yeah and um Yeah, I I think it's such an important field of healing. I think it's also interesting that we're talking on this about this podcast because a while back I talked to somebody about sleep and it feels like sleep and food are two of the most important nourishments we have in our life other than breath, which is even more crucial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, And I think it's so interesting that you're looking at sort of like the internal side of it, you know, in terms of what are the messages that we want to send us. So I do some habit coaching and with that we often look more on the external side so it would be more like Mm. stuff um like um having self-discipline while you go shopping rather than in the house you know just just simple Mm. things like that well if i if i don't buy chips and i can't really eat them (laughs) or yeah yeah so i think it's really interesting that you can come at a topic from all these different angles and they can all kind of like complement each other and work really well together to create the best possible solution so Mm, yeah definitely definitely yeah and um so what's one of the favorite insights that you've gotten along all this uh, along this path maybe it's one that you already shared but uh. favorite insights um well i suppose oh, oh the journey well, the journey has evolved for me. So I suppose that's from the food when I was looking at the insights of the food and how that was nourishment for food and then looking at the, the raw food. That then evolved into the nourishment that comes from the seasons. So it's all, I suppose I look at what I do 
and how I've, um, the insights I find for myself. And it's really about looking at the external world mm-hmm. and then how that's playing out for you internally. Yeah. Um, so with the, with the season side of things, each season has a different energy. Yeah. And we actually go, we actually live through those seasons, literally through what happens on Mother Earth, winter, summer, autumn, spring. But we also go through those seasons on an emotional, mental and spiritual plane as well. And can I ask you, can I just jump in and ask you something about that? Yep. And I'm, I'm yes. so glad you brought up seasons because I was actually thinking that when we first booked this call, because I saw, I think you're living in Australia, right? Yes. Yep. And I've been thinking a lot about this, how there's such a different, I guess, experience for people depending on where they live in the hemisphere. I mean, you can see right now, <laughs> like we're wearing <laughs> some very different clothes. <laughs> and I think I've been, so on the one hand side, there's this, well, our summer is your winter and vice versa. Mm. The other thing is also that there are some places where it feels like it's basically the same temperature all year long and you either mm. have like wet or dry season or something like that. Yep. So, I mean, my first question would be, yeah, like how is that for you? You know, where like most of the world in terms of the population is sort of like on a different schedule? Because I mean, I would imagine that could be kind of like challenging at times. Well, and this is where it's coming back to realise that with the two, so we'll just use summer and winter as, as the example. Yeah. So I'm in winter and winter is all about hibernation, reflection, mm-hmm. rest, slowing down. Yeah. And summer is being outdoors and adventure and right. expansion and lots of movement. So yeah. already you can see that there's a difference. So Unless if, you're if in I, BC, in which case, sorry, in which case you're <laughs> avoiding going out because it's way too swampy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so if, if you're in a business, so mm-hmm. if, if your business is based in Australia and, and you're wanting to work with the energy of your season. So in this case, slowing down in winter, yeah. but you have a lot of client base, which is in summer and mm. they're in an expansion and movement that there's, there's got it. There's, you can bring in a mindfulness that, okay, I'm wanting to do a bit of nurturing and slowing down. So how can I do that? But at the same time, honor my clients yeah. who are in summer, who are in expansion and movement side of things so it's it's bringing in that flow of work there is no one set way of working with this it's what's right for you at this point in time and um so that's the seasons that you, you physically live in but then we also you could be in an emotional say winter so say your relationship has broken up and you're you're grieving that that loss and you're in a winter Whereas your, your physical business that you're working on is bringing in lots of clients and you're in a lot of expansion and business is in growth. And so you're physically in winter, but your business is in summer. So again, it's learning to dance with, with the two energies that you're playing with. I mean, I once heard a term for that, not not exactly for the um, seasons model, but just in general, having 
all these different things happening on different levels or in different areas. And it was called existential multitasking, which I think is like a great way of putting it, right? Where it's like, okay, in this area, I'm totally in the beginning stage. In this area, like it's just flowing. And this area is a mess. And this area is going awesome. And yeah. Mm, mm. I mean, and this is where tuning into yourself and going, okay, today, how do I want to show up for today? Yeah. Because I think we're moving out of that, you know, um, set regiment, you know, saying, well, we, how many of us work nine to five these days? But that nine <laughs> to five, everything's the same. Yeah. Uh, get up, go to work, work, come, come home. We're moving to, to today. What do I need for me today? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to do all of this, but to, now I just... I feel like I need to only do the really, really important things because I don't have the energy. Yeah. Um, and as women, we have our own cycles, like our moon cycles. And there are times when we have a lot more energy, are times when we, ha- we need to slow down. And that's on a monthly cycle. So if we can bring that into our, our business and our life as well, there won't be as, I feel that there is less pressure, that less forcing of trying to live in a way that doesn't feel right for us. Yeah. I mean, I read somewhere, and I would have to check this again if it was, you know, just something somebody made up or if this is actually sound, that um, even men have some regular cycles in the sense of um, that if, if they kind of like monitor the weight, there's some cycle in which it goes up and then down again. Mm, um, I've heard that they also have cycles, but I haven't oh, really I looked know. into that side of things. No, I, I don't know that much about it. So yeah, yeah. me neither. Anyway, <laughs> interesting, interesting thing to think about and maybe for me to research later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah, fascinating. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think it's so interesting for for us also to kind of like get a bit more of a sense of what it's like to be in a diff, in a different environment kind of like mm. this unexamined i want to say privilege but sort of like being in the more um dominant hemisphere and then kind of like mm-hmm. having having all these cultural things that are synced up with your own kind of like mm. calendar where it's like well it's you know like um Beltane, you know, it's kind of like fitting yes. perfectly, but it doesn't fit perfectly if you're on the other side of the globe. Side of the world. Yep, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so I'm wondering, do you feel like um, there's something that you're, like insights that you're getting from it that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have gotten? Because I find like sometimes uh, being in a more, cha- maybe more challenging or something situation uh, can actually lead to really interesting insights, like sort of like being being a foreigner in a different country. In a way, it's harder, but in another way, you get like lots of insights or, you know, in this sense, sort of like being, yeah, being, being, being like um, on the other side of the world when, mm. yeah. Yeah, it, well, I mean, we all grow. It's, it's through that time of, of challenge that we all grow. Now, what, what yeah. that challenge looks like, um, is different, but that's when we're um, invited to step outside our comfort zones yes, and yeah. and stretch 
and go, okay, this is what I'm used to. This is, this is comfortable. Yeah. But in the challenging times, whatever that looks like, we have to go outside those comfort zones. So that's when we learn more about ourselves and, yeah. and, and grow and realise, oh, that no longer um, works for me. It did five years ago, but that mm-hmm. belief, thought, habit, whatever it happens to be, no longer fits for who I am now. Yeah. So, and then the question is, am I prepared to let that go? Right. <laughs> or not because it's familiar. Because that's the other thing. Reaching for the salty food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting that you bring up the comfort zone. I mean, it's pretty much in almost every conversation at some point, comfort zones comes up. And that's still like the one commonality that um, it really feels in order to, to live this full life uh, that you really want. It's so important to just go beyond the comfort. Mm, mm. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I've, I've read that, well, the universe, divine, God, is constantly expanding. So if that's constantly expanding and we're part of that, mm-hmm. then we also need to expand. And the only way we expand is to go beyond yeah. whatever that happens to be. Yeah. Um, and so then, and, and you can either do it consciously and go, okay, I'm actually going to, to look at an area of my life and, and expand that, or you wait until something happens. And so the rugs pulled out from underneath you and you don't have much, well, you can fight it if you want, or you can go, okay, I'm not happy with what's happened, but I can look at a way. And, And what I found really good, one of the insights that I've had from my own life is setting an intention when something challenging happens that I have not instigated. Mm-hmm. So the rugs pulled out from underneath me. I've set an intention. What is it that I want to get out of this? Now it might be more strength. It might be able to continually come from my heart, from a space of love. Yeah. It might, whatever it may be. And then that becomes your, your light that helps you go through this darkness mm-hmm. yeah. um, of the challenging time. Yeah, I mean, I, I find sometimes um, a really good answer is, uh, or a question is, um, if I had created this intentionally, why would I have done that? Or, or you yes. know, a variation of that. And I mean, I think the only place where it doesn't really work is when it comes to loss. I mean, I, I feel mm. like when it comes to losing people we love, um, that approach just doesn't really work. And sometimes, you know, the way of looking at it yeah this just sucks and you know it's hard and you know just dealing with that and um yeah there's no not necessarily like a lesson or anything in that it's just it's just and and coming from the heart and just just nourishing yourself and allowing the grieving process to happen as it unfolds because the grieving is not a linear a to to b line um it's a complete mess of the ball, actually. And and you can grieve for years and years yeah. about a, a particular loss and just, just honouring that that's the process and that's where you are. Yeah, I mean, I, I read this amazing book. It was uh, actually by a therapist and um, she her husband drowned in front of her. And oh. yeah, and then she went through this whole grieving process and she was like, when she was in the midst of it, she felt like calling up all her previous clients 
and apologizing. Like, I'm sorry, I get it now. Um, yes. And, and I'm probably going to link that on the show notes because I think it's such a great book for people who, who are grieving. Um, and what, I'm not sure if I learned that from her, or if I read that somewhere else. So the, the different stages of Greece, Kubler-Ross, um, mm. apparently never was meant to be sort of like this sequential thing. It was no. more just describing, oh, if you're in this situation, here's what it feels like. So it was never meant like, oh, okay, you're in that stage. Now you need to move to the other one and please be done with yes. grieving in six months because otherwise, you know, it's a problem. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so what, what is it you love to do when you're not working on your business? <laughs> when I'm not working on my business. <laughs> I um, still love to dance. Oh, um, what what, what do, type of dancing do you do? Well, I'm actually um, starting to learn burlesque dancing. Ooh, so I, wow. used to, yeah. I used to be a ballet dancer. Wow. Um, so, of course, you know, lose weight, you've got to be skinny type thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting back into dancing. I've done um, belly dancing and I'm, I'm learning burlesque which I love, yeah. absolutely love. Wow. And I love being out in the bush and bushwalking. Um, wow. so I'm in the Blue Mountains in um, Sydney or in wow. Australia yeah. and we are surrounded by bush. So I love being out in nature <laughs> and connecting. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, another thing uh, or another question I had, and um, I'm not sure if that relates to what you're doing, it's sort of like this whole question around body image. Uh, do you yes. feel that once people look more into what food they're taking in, that it can also change body image? Or like, do you have any thoughts about all that? Um, I, yes, I do have thoughts about that. <laughs> it's, um, I'm just trying to put them into some things. Something coherent. <laughs> the body image is, is, I find, a real reflection of your self-worth. Mm. And so with, with all the internal inquiries through the food you eat and the seasons and, and this is where the burlesque for me comes in, it's if you are comfortable in your own skin. Now, whatever your skin shape looks like, mm -hmm. then the self-worth is of course higher and it's like whatever the shape I am I'm comfortable with this shape with the way I look because yes you can have a you can be a, in the perceived skinny person but how many of those skinny people aren't happy with the shape of their their face or the look of their eyes or their yeah. hair or um and the other thing which I find really fascinating is is that people so i'm rel, i'm very slight in yeah. in very small so there is a perception and forget the raw food there's a perception that i'm healthy mm -hmm. now i can actually um years and years ago i was eating a really really bad diet so lots of chocolate lots of processed food a whole lot of things and i didn't put on weight yeah. so i was still skinny yeah so the perception was that i was healthy mm -hmm. but i was looking at the food i was eating and it was like there's no way that i'm i was healthy back <laughs> then i yes i was skinny but i was not healthy 
So right. there, there is a perception because mm-hmm. I know a few people who are overweight as far as the um, scales are concerned, but they go running, they eat really healthy food, yeah. but they're overweight. So the perception is if you put the two of us together, I'm the healthy person and the overweight person is the unhealthy person. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. It's interesting that we look at the external and go, okay, they don't do anything because they're fat. Yeah. Yeah, and how it influences all these areas of life. I mean, I think there are some, there's some research in terms of um, impact on earning and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it, it's an area that people don't typically get as worked up about, you know, maybe because they mm. think people have more control over it, which I think is the case in, you know, like in, in a number of instances, but not in all, you know, like, I mean, people who have, uh, have uh, some uh, sickness or, you know, some, some condition where, you know, they, they well, this, couldn't. The thyroid gland can really affect yeah. your ability to lose weight. And so you can be eating, the best diet i put in inverted commas whatever that looks like for you but you can't lose weight yeah so but you are healthy you've really nourished your body but you're still overweight and so it's i think one of the things i'd really like to see is that whole perception of of a change in body image and what really nourishing yourself Mm -hmm. um on all levels, but not having the weight as the the golden rule of whether you're healthy or not. Right. And then also maybe not having all these unrealistic images that we see that are completely photoshopped. Well, if, if you looked in history of what women used to look like, yeah. they were, you know, big busted and they had hips. And, and so hundreds of years ago, that was the woman that was worshipped was this woman that was had all these curves. They're not worshipped now. It's the skinny mini with, with hardly any curves, which is what we, we all try to, to look for. Yeah, I mean, I think like there, like, I, I think I once saw something how sort of like body image changed d- during different times. And I mean, we can see that in everything. We can see that sort of like mm. with... Uh, uh, Skin color, by skin color, I mean kind of like being pale uh, was seen as something good because it meant you weren't yeah. outside doing physical work. And now it's basically the opposite, uh, at least yes. you know, in many Western countries, um, not necessarily in, in Asia. And I think there's so much going on and uh, it would be nice if we could just like ourselves the way we are, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, and I also remember this Photoshop experiment where they had one woman and then they sent her to um, people in different countries and told her, well, Photoshop her to fit the ideals of your culture. It was so interesting to see all yeah, these different... I, um, I saw that because it was on Facebook or something, wasn't it? I saw something yeah. along that line. Yeah. yeah, and it was really interesting to see this one woman completely Photoshopped yeah. so differently yeah. in the different cultures. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's such a vulnerable topic too. I mean, I think it can bring up so much stuff, all this that we're talking about, because 
sort of like brings up attractiveness. And I think there's like an unhealthy emphasis in culture on women's attractiveness. Mm, I mean, yes. just I think there's an unhealthy emphasis on men's you know, like success potential, or whatever we want to call it, um, in, in culture. And yeah, I mean, it's just, I think there's a lot of pain there that doesn't really get acknowledged about, about all of mm. this. Mm, um, mm. I think it's really important to have those conversations and hopefully come to something that's sort of like more humane and sort of like more mm. respect and dignity and so on and so forth. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Big conversations. <laughs> big conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So does, does stuff like that sometimes come up when you work with clients? Like all these deeper topics? Um, so self-worth and self-image do come up um, with yeah. clients. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that goes back to the childhood. Right. And because between the ages of zero and seven, you your primary caregivers are, are modelling to you mm-hmm. how life is done. Yeah. And they're also um, imprinting, I suppose, is the word. Um, so you're taking on whatever it is that they tell you. So if, if they're telling you, oh, your hair's too curly, we need to straighten it, well, then you're going to take that on. If you see your your mother constantly getting on the scales and going, oh, I need to lose weight. And she's, whether she's a large lady or not not a large lady, it doesn't matter, but you're seeing her do that, then you're taking on um, the belief around weight and needing to lose weight to look gorgeous. Um, So there's a whole lot of things that we take on as as children that then run us as as we get older. And we don't even realise that these... I call them traumas. Now, whether they're, um, I suppose, big traumas or not, they still run our beliefs yeah. and our thoughts when we go into adulthood. And we're not aware that that's what's happening f- for us. Yeah. I, I kind of like the term micro trauma. I think I read that somewhere. Yes. And it's sort of like the stuff, you know, it's not like, oh, you were in a war or, you know, yeah. you assaulted or something like that but just sort of like the you know the stuff that you kind of mm. like still remember all those um maybe even decades later mm. um, yep. and i think it's really helpful to um to to heal that um to kind of like get get back whatever people lost there so yeah yeah de- yes definitely definitely because it, it it affects the way our energy our chi or prana moves around our body so if you if you imagine a nice smooth surface, so there's no micro traumas in a nice smooth surface, the energy just moves, moves nicely, but put in little bumps. So even rice, rice size traumas. Mm -hmm. And so there's little bumps along the way and that then affects how the, the energy moves, which means you're not in optimal. um, Your energy is not moving optimally compared to, if, if it could. And so the way you respond to life is going to be completely different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything like, like what's coming up for you? What are you excited about next? <laughs> what am I excited about next? Um, projects. <laughs> projects. Oh, there's, there's a few. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, I suppose at the moment what I'm really excited about is I've released a book. Ooh, so that would be wow. the, and that was, I only released that six weeks ago, actually. Wow, so that's, that's exciting. What is it Thank about? you. It's, well, it's called Bliss, Raw Desserts and Seasonal Nourishment. Mm. So what we would, so it, it, it has um, raw desserts in it, but it also takes the reader on a journey through the seasons and the metaphor of the seasons. So there's oh. three desserts per season. And there's actually eight seasons. So I, I talk about the wheel of life. So there's the yeah. four seasons, summer, autumn, winter, spring. But there's also the transitional seasons of Ilmok, Beltane, La, um, Lamis and Samhain. Mm -hmm. And each of those seasons has a different energy. Yeah. So there's, there's, um, po there's poetry, there's reflections and invitations for the reader to consider that particular aspect of the season in their own life. Mm. And so it's a it's a journey journey book as a as a, as well as a recipe book. And, and but it's raw a journey food dessert. <laughs> and raw food desserts, yes. And and the desserts are all about connection, about connecting with yourself, and about the sweetness of life. We all yeah. want a sweet, blissful life. Um, so that's so I've just released that, and it's it's a um, really really excited about that and getting some. Yeah wonderful feedback from um people who've purchased the book already so that's that's exciting wow how long were you working on that that's quite a um it was a four and a half year journey wow. yeah yeah, yeah. It, and there's a lot of personal um my own journey within the seasons are in there because the poetry is my own poetry as well yeah so so it's um a personal journey as well as um, a journey that the, the reader can go on. So, yeah. Nice. And we can put that in the show notes. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. And then the next thing that I'm in the process of putting together is a, uh, again, journey, because I really just like the, the idea of, of taking people on a journey from where they are to, to then evolving into um, and expanding into their next next level of potential and so this is around the eight um archetypes of manifesting mm, and yeah. taking them through the so the the eight um archetypes or again like the um the seasons all have a different energy and they have a light and dark and shadow aspect so if we're coming from the shadow aspect so like the creative nurturing is one of the archetypes and if we're living in the creative nurturer shadow then we might be overgiving to everybody and not having the boundary for ourselves right. and giving back to ourselves we might have challenges with our mother or mother figures mm -hmm. um, we might have challenges with our daughter or daughter figures um, we might be swinging from being a martyr to victim energy Mm -hmm. whereas if you're living in the lighter aspect there's that universal love um that we are able to nurture ourselves and so that could be creating boundaries and saying no at the moment yeah that is not not good for me i need for me whatever that happens to be um so i'm putting together a an eight-week program to be able to take people through those those eight um, archetypes wow. and being able to then um, come from the light aspect of each of those those archetypes 
Yeah, I think it's so interesting that you mentioned like, you know, the light aspect and then the shadow aspect, because I think mm. everything, um, if taken to its extreme, can have a shadow. Yes, like, yes. Like, uh, you know, being, I don't know, like having great discernment, if it's overdone at some point, it can be like super hard judgy. But yes. without it, yep. basically like being too lax and kind of, you know, not having any, dis, you know, discretion or something like that. So I, I love that you're kind mm. of, looking at, at how it how does it express at its optimal and you know what would it look like if it's mm, know, kind of mm. and then you can learn where you are where you are so which archetype is is showing up for me at the moment yeah. and am i in the shadow or am i in the light right and if you're in the shadow well what that gives you an idea of what you need to look at to be able to then step into the light aspect of the archetype Oh, cool. So where can people find out more about you? Again, we so can the I, show notes. I've, um, my website is www.vickycook.com.au. And yes, my surname is Cook. And yes, I don't cook. I do raw food. <laughs> the universe has a sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, and Cook is my actual um, birth name. So it's not that I've taken on that. Yeah. Yeah, so I find that really funny, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's my that's my website, and then I've um, I've got a Facebook page, um, Vicky Cook, as well. So people can follow me there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much uh, for talking to me. We're thank you, Beth. very different times of the day, as you can see, and not even on the same day. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm about to really start my day. <laughs> right, I'm living in the past. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much for being on here, Vicky. This was awesome. Um, yeah, and thank you, everybody, for watching, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye. As always, you can get the show notes for this episode at leaderforgood forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd encourage you to sign up for my newsletter at leaderforgood.com you'll also receive a free meditation that can help you connect to your own authentic power and leadership. And I will be able to keep you in the loop about all upcoming episodes. I look forward to connecting with you there. Have a great day.